You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Hey, everybody. Father Vasek, I am your host on Real Presence Live today on the Real Presence Radio Network, wherever it is being broadcast, either on your AM or FM signal. Maybe you're listening on the app. Maybe you are on the Internet. Wherever you are, we're glad to be with you. We're glad to be able to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, wherever we can, wherever he will be received. This half hour, we're going to go into a time for straight talk. Uh, Oftentimes, the time of straight talk, which you can call in at 877-795-0122. Oftentimes, straight talk is just uh, one priest coming at you uh, with both guns blazing. But today, we have two priests. Myself, I am a priest, and Father Gary Benz, he is also a priest. Father Benz, thanks so much for being with us today. You're welcome, Father Craig. Good morning. Good morning. So, everybody who's listening, this does not mean that you should not call in. Uh, It is not going to be Father Benz and I just asking each other questions and then trying to stump each other or something like that. We are hoping that you will still call in 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. Any question at all, it's straight talk. Straight talk means you can ask whatever you want. In particular, if you are thinking like, well, what might I want to ask today? We are kind of getting ready for Advent. It's coming up. And so you can call and talk about anything with regard to Advent. Uh, You can do that on the phone at 877-795-0122. And also you can engage in um, Facebook and the app. So ask us your questions, whatever they might be. Maybe your comments, maybe your concerns, whatever they might be. Father Benz, uh, as we get those callers coming... Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you at these days? What uh, what part of the world do you reside in? Well, Father Craig, I'm actually back in my hometown, my home parish. Ah. I grew up on a farm here by New England, about 10 miles out of town. And so I'm serving St. Mary's Parish of New England. And then I also have a, a mission parish, St. Elizabeth of Leffer, the hometown of Father Jason Leffer of the Fargo Diocese. All right. I also serve, um, we have a ministry here at the prison. Unfortunately, it's on hold because of COVID. But most of the school where I went to school, we had a Catholic school. Here in New England is now one of the more important women's prisons for our state housing. Most of the women incarcerated in North Dakota. And it was a beautiful ministry before COVID. We would celebrate Mass with them on Sundays and feast days. Um, we would have a Bible study of faith formation on Wednesdays and Thursdays. But unfortunately, that's over with COVID, and we're praying that it'll return soon. Yeah. Yeah, so let's stay on this topic. Everybody, uh, as we're just getting an introduction from Father Gary Benz, uh, you can call in. 877-795-0122 in this segment of Straight Talk. We're talking about Advent or whatever else, Christ the King. We're talking about the end of times, the, the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're talking about death, judgment, heaven and hell, whatever you want to talk about. It's this kind of year to do that sort of thing. Uh, so 877-795-0122. Father Gary, you mentioned uh, this women's prison and the ministry there. Um there is there anything at this time of year that uh, listeners could be paying attention to 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 uh, 
to to assist with the with the women's prison in any sort of way? Are you taking donations of any kind, or is there any way people could can kind of weigh in, even with regard to COVID? You know, Father Craig, I'm glad you brought that up because first and foremost, I would just encourage people to pray for the women. You know, many of them are there because they came from broken homes, or they were victims of abuse, or they just fell into the culture into you know addictions and. So just pray for their healing because that's at the heart of what they need is just to be healed by Christ. But secondly, you know, they they don't have a lot of needs in terms of um, physical needs, but just the emotional, spiritual needs. They're always willing to accept prayer books, rosaries, Bibles. We provide, you know, the resources. So if they wanted to send any spiritual resources to our parish, that would be wonderful. And we make sure that the women have all the spiritual needs they, they, they need or they desire. But, you know, another thing is uh, our kids here in the Lutheran Church in town, we send letters to the women, you know, even though we can't address it by name because of confidentiality. You know, if they just um, send Christmas cards and the kids decorate them with images or Easter or whatever time of the year, you know, these women are mothers and grandmothers. And especially it seems when children write to them and tell them that they are thinking about them and praying for them, that really moves them. It's very powerful. You know, so in addition to praying for these women or sending spiritual resources, maybe even just kind of like a, a letter campaign or card to let them know that they're not forgotten. You know, it's one of the corporate works of mercy, you know, to visit the imprisoned and even through correspondence, a letter, a card, a prayer, we can fulfill that corporate work of mercy well. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so, Father, if people wanted to, they could just look up the um, the parish. Uh, which parish would they be uh, sending things to? It would actually be St. Mary's of New England, and they can go to our parish website. We have our address, our physical address, our email. So it would be St. Mary's Parish of New England. Okay, great. So people can look that up and they can uh, participate in the in the great ministry that you are doing there with the women's prison in New England. So Father Gary Benz is with me here on Straight Talk. Everybody who listens knows what that is. That is your opportunity to call in and talk to priests about any question, concern, or idea that's going on in your mind or your heart. The phone number is 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122. You can also interface with us on Facebook and the app. We've got a question on Facebook, Father. Uh, You're not seeing this, but I am, so I'll read it out here. And maybe you can give some thoughts with me. Um, Sure. uh, Gentlemen, uh, asking, how would we convince somebody who is not afraid of coronavirus... Um, but doesn't want to wear a mask <laughs> to start going to mass again. Um, so the, this person is, they're not afraid of coronavirus, uh, but they don't want to have to wear a mask. So how do we engage them to, to encourage them to start going to mass again? What would, uh, any thoughts uh, right off the bat on that one, Father? It's a tricky one. Just to be clear, so the person is not afraid of the coronavirus, correct? Right but does not want to wear a mask. Right. But wearing a mask is keeping them from coming to mass? I think, uh, yeah, they don't want to wear a mask. And so if they if they have to wear a mask to go to mass, they don't want to do that. 
asking. Well, first of all, I'm not sure which diocese they are um, from, because I know sure. in our North Dakota diocese that um, it's not a requirement to wear a mask. But, you know, Father Craig, I, I have to agree with him to a point. I, I'm kind of skeptical of the efficacy of the masks. I mean, that's up for debate. But I look at it this way. It's really an act of humility. You know, if someone were to come to Mass and were asked to wear a mask, and they accepted that in humility, I think that's a great spiritual uh, favor, a grace that they can offer to the Lord. That they're willing to humble themselves and say, even though I don't want to wear a mask, I will do it, Lord, because I want to worship you, honor you, and to receive you in Holy Communion. Again, you know, I don't want to get into mask debate. I am a skeptic of the efficacy of mask. But still, to come to humble oneself and say, I will do anything to receive the Lord in the Eucharist, then I would wear a mask and, and come to the Holy Mass. Yeah, I think that's that's a really beautiful reflection, Father. This this ordering, this hierarchical ordering, is always important. I think in our lives, uh, what's more important to me? Is it more important to me to be able to praise, glorify, worship the Lord in community with others, or is it more important to me to not wear a mask? Let's say, <laughs> and obviously, exactly. if you if you put exactly. it that way, it's like, well, yeah, but I don't like wearing a mask. Yeah, but which one's more important during this time? You know, and it's not that we always have to do that, but it, it can be very helpful to sort of set them next to each other. It's like, uh, like take for example, Father, you, you lived in Rome for a number of years. Uh, when someone comes to uh, one of the great basilicas, and let's say it's a hot summer day and they've got short shorts on or uh, mm -hmm. tank top or whatever, you can't get in those places uh, with short shorts exactly. and tank tops. Um, well, why can't I? Well, because we're trying to do something here. Uh, so put something over your shoulders if you want to come in here. And it's like, well, but I really want to see it, but I don't want to wear that. Well, <laughs> you have to make a decision. Do, you, do I want to see St. Peter's Majestic Basilica? Uh, or do I want to make sure that my shoulders are uncovered or something like that? Exactly. Uh, so it's, um, it's the kind of uh, ordering of, uh, of desires, the ordering of needs, the ordering of goods. Huh? So uh, I, I think that's a great in introduction, Father. Thank you. I look at it this way, too, Father Craig. You know, we, we admire the saints in the life of the Church. But it's amazing how many humiliations that the saints endured willingly uh, because of their love for Christ. You know, so this is a small way to share in that same, you know, path of humility. To say, I will accept this, and I'll do it for the love of Christ. And, it, and, and, and it also, it'll help my soul to grow in, in holiness, because I'm willingly accepting, uh, a, you know, kind of a, a cross or a difficulty. So, you know, throughout life, without these crosses, big or small, we will never grow in holiness. Mm -hmm. Everybody, this is Father Vasek, your host for Real Presence Live, joined with Father Gary Benz, um, pastor at, in New England, uh, and Leffer. Uh, what is that the two players? Yeah, okay. Uh, those are the two places Father Benz is. He, we're, he's my co-host during this time of Straight Talk. We want you to call in at 877-795-0122 and ask us anything you want. Father, we've got a question uh, of a caller on the phone. Dan, are you there from Williston? I am. Thank you very much. Wonderful. Thanks for holding. Uh, we would love to oh, hear your question. Oh, thank you very much. Hope you're having a great day. Um, 
This week on Catholic Answers in the afternoon, uh, we're discussing uh, Jesus in light of the upcoming uh, feast day of Christ the King. And one of the questions I have, Jesus as we know, and I'm a cradle Catholic, and uh, in light of Jesus being God, uh, how and why... In, in my devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and in light of our prayers, and in Chapter 8 of Romans, it uh, indicates or tells us that Jesus, if he's God, why does he intercede for us to the Father? Oh, yeah. Okay, great question. So, Jesus is God, but also Romans chapter 8 indicates that Jesus intercedes to the Father. Uh, So, how does that work out? That's a great question, Dan. Did I get the question right there? Absolutely, Dan. Thank you very much. Great. Father Gary Benz, would you like to begin a a reflection for us on uh, the interworkings of Trinitarian theology? (laughs) It's 8.30 in the morning, that's quite a feat, but I'll try. <laughs> so, um, we, we always remember, this is the beauty of our Christian faith. Among all the great religions, we are the only faith that speaks of God taking on a human nature. In that hypostatic union forever, Jesus is united to his sacred humanity. And so, as humans who are people of, of sin, you know, we need that human element to approach God. You know, remember in the Old Testament how distant and far away God was? It was almost impossible to to have communion with Him. So that's the beauty of Christianity with the incarnation of Christ. Now we do approach the divinity, but always through His sacred humanity. You know, that's the, our approach to God. That's what St. Paul means is that he's not um, relegating Christ to just being a, a worker of wonders, a great preacher, a, you know, an amazing man, a saint. But he's reminding us that always, as Christians, you have to approach God through your sacred humanity. And that's why at the Holy Mass, we take the, the beautiful gift of the Holy Eucharist, which allows us to enter into the life of the Trinity. Again, we approach God through him, with him, and in him, through the sacred humanity of Jesus, we have access to the beautiful divine life of the divinity or the blessed trinity. So that's what St. Paul means. So always remember, Christian, that you have to pro- approach the divinity through the humanity of Christ. Yeah, Father, um, I'm also thinking here, um, with regard to this, when and you, and you made great reference to this through him, with him, and in him, um, just thinking back to the early church and and how uh, this was the this was the great uh, reflection that was going on for the first three, four, five centuries of the church was uh, wait a second, we know that there is one God, but we're saying that there are three persons in God. Uh, we also know that Jesus is one person, but we're saying he has two natures. These are things that uh, theologically were new. Uh, philosophically were new. Uh, maybe shadows of them were present in other places. Um, but these were. this is a new revelation or a fuller revelation. And I remember something like uh, St. Augustine, I think, who says something like, uh, Jesus, he... 
He is our brother uh, with regard to his humanity. He is our intercessor as our priest. He is the sacrifice in his uh, bodily offering on the cross. But he's as God, he's also the one to whom our prayers go. So he, recognizing that from all eternity, Jesus, as the second person of the Trinity, is equal to his Father, he doesn't lose that, but he then gains a, a, another uh, reality by taking on that that human nature that you mentioned this hypostatic union so there's a there's a multiple uh, different things going on here yes Jesus is God uh, which is Dan's point is like wait a second how does this work don't we say that Jesus is God yes he is has always been and always will be um, and uh, and he also took on something that he was not uh, so that we can take on something that we are not which is the divine nature so uh, father father thanks so much um, for sharing that answer thanks Dan so much uh, for the question. Oh, thank you. Great. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you. All right. Everybody, it's 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. This is Straight Talk with myself, Father Craig Vosick, and Father Gary Benz. Um, Father Gary Benz, you are, you're amazing. You studied at the same university that I studied at, I think, the Angelicum. Is that right? Yes, what a wonderful university with the Dominicans as teachers. Yeah, solid theological education in the in the tradition of uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas. I love it. Yeah, really and great. A good sense of fraternity there as well. It was wonderful that our professors were also, you know, just good friends and confidants as well. They're mm. awesome professors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It looks like we've got another uh, another person on the phone. John from Duluth. John, are you there? Yeah, hi. Greetings. We're so glad you're God with bless us today. You guys. Hey, God bless you too. What's yeah, up? What's um, happening? We're uh well I wanna shout out to my daughter Lydia, who's a freshman there at U of Mary. Hey, great. <laughs> yeah, Lydia Herbert and uh I'll go find her and say hi to her if Joel. I can. Yeah, you know her? <laughs> I, I don't know if I've met her yet. I work exclusively with okay. our student athletes, but yeah. Well um I'm finishing up my quarantine of 14 days tomorrow. Um, I was, uh, you know, exposed uh, to someone who was positive, and I'm positive. And uh, I just wanted to thank thank, uh, Real Presence uh, for their presence uh, during this this time, because it's been uh, really difficult and... So it's really given me a lot of encouragement to to listen to EWTN and but um great wonderful yeah, so glad you've been able to, to hear know, yeah go ahead yeah um you know talking about Advent and we've always waited uh, a day or two before to put up our Christmas tree and um, our our uh, outside decorations tend to be up much longer than the people in the neighborhood and uh when their trees uh you know go out the door the day after um what's what's the feeling in the the church about uh you know the uh, decorating the home and yeah beforehand before jesus comes 
Sure, 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 sure. Okay, so we want to yeah weigh in on this. Uh, what is Advent all about, and what is waiting, and what is preparation, and what is celebration? Uh, so waiting on the decoration until until the day of or the day before, as close as we can to Father Father Gary Benz. You're you're with me today. We would love for you to weigh in on it first. You know, I'm very happy to hear that you put off decorating until you know just days before Christmas, and that you also observe the Christmas season. You know, that's admirable because, unfortunately, I, I believe Advent is lost season in life of the Church. It's a beautiful season when you look at the, the hymns, the prayers, the scripture readings, the O Antiphon. You know, it's such a time of spiritual preparation because we know Christ has already come into the world. But, you know, Advent is also preparing for His coming to me in the present and also looking forward to His coming in the future with my departure from this world or his second coming. So first of all, thank you for taking advantage of the spiritual graces that Advent offers. I'm convinced that people who observe Advent have the most blessed Christmases Mm. because they prepared their hearts and minds to welcome Christ. But then I'm also very happy that you observed the Christmas season. You had such an amazing grace. When you look at all the feast days, even within the Christmas season, it's such a beautiful time of year spiritually. So you also are gaining all the graces that not only Advent offers, but even that the Christmas season offers. So, you know, really it's almost countercultural. I mean, this summer I went into some stores and there were Christmas things up in July. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so I admire that you're fighting, you know, the culture in which we live, and you're preserving the dignity not only of Advent, but also Christmas. So I commend you for that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank you both uh, for ministry and One, have a blessed Advent. Thank you. thank you, John. You as well. You as you. well. Congratulations on getting out of quarantine when you do. <laughs> yeah. All thank right. you, and pray for my family that they will not get it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, we will. Thanks, John. Have a great day. Uh, just to say something else, you can still call in. We've got a couple minutes left, 877-795-0122. We're also on Facebook at Real Presence Radio, but 877-795-0122. Uh, to continue this question, Father Gary, uh, with regard to um, decoration and preparation and celebration and why we would uh, insist upon um waiting uh for the celebration um i think there's there's a number of distinctions and you and you drew you drew uh attention to it the, a distinction between uh sort of a cultural uh way of looking at something that may not be grasping the the heart of the reality so there's the religious reality of christmas which is the birth of jesus christ which is december 25th then there's sort of this uh, more secularized understanding of um the spirit of christmas which is like family or celebration or joy or new life or something like this and so we want to celebrate that all year long and so we have the spirit of christmas in july and it's like okay well wait a second we're we're kind of uh, overlapping things and and the the images just came into my mind right now and i'm not saying it's a good one but it just came uh if i'm gonna have a um if I'm going to have a um, garage sale on Saturday, um, and it's let's say it's Thursday, right? So, and I and I put out a sign that says "Garage Sale Today," um, and it's Thursday. Um, I'm lying 
I'm, I'm actually exactly. lying. It's, it's the garage sales not today. Uh, and so for me to say garage sale today uh, on a Thursday when it's on a Saturday is a lie. Same thing with even on Friday. It's actually on Saturday. And so um, if I want to accurately advertise a garage sale, uh, I should say gar- if it's Thursday. I'll say garage sale on Saturday. Um, and that's, exactly. a, that's an appropriate way to talk about it. So what does that look like with regard to religious decoration? Well, the day of the garage sale is Christmas. You decorate for Christmas. The day before the garage sale, the preparation for it, the announcement that it's coming a couple days before the garage sale, the sign that says garage sale on Saturday, and the preparatory sign, that's Advent. And that's us declaring for all of Advent, Christmas is coming it's coming, but it's not today. It's coming. It's not today. So get ready. So this uh, this image just came into my mind. What do you think of my image that it just came up with? The the garage sale image. You like it, Father? I think that's I think that's very appropriate because <laughs> you're leading. You're not leading the people astray in that regard. All right. In the same in the life of the church, we just want to make sure that people receive the full beauty and the dignity of Christmas by already celebrating October, November. We're actually denying them something very beautiful. So it may seem like the church is a little demanding or sometimes a little harsh, you know, in preserving Advent. But we just want to give the people the full effect of Christmas, just like your analogy of the garage sale. You don't want someone showing up and the door is locked on Thursday. (laughs) You know, but the door will be open on Saturday for your garage sale. Yeah. You know, the door, all the graces that God wants to give will be there at Christmas because the people were rightfully prepared. Exactly right. Uh, we have to go back a moment here, Father Gary. Someone wants to weigh in on our previous conversation about uh, wearing a mask to mask. Adam, are you there? Yes, I am. Adam, great. Uh, just so you know, we want to get to your question, but you have to be very particular because we only have a minute left. What uh, What did you want to say? Okay. Okay. Um, basically, I just wanted to comment that a little bit opposite of what you two were saying about the uh, uh, in the end, the humility to, to accept the mask in order to go to communion, go to mass. But you know, in the end times, Jesus spoke about abomination set up in the temple, and, and that's maybe our our, hope, our soul. Uh, who are we putting in prime place? Um, is it uh, the state authority that's getting set up in our, in our temple? We believe them, I and mean, even you, one of you, said that you've know, been believing the efficacy, maybe. And I don't. I have heard there's no really good scientific proof, double-blind studies of it. So, um, no, no I, I, I agree with are you. We, are, um, we, are, I, are we I bowing down to the state, or are we bowing down to Christ? You know, right. Well, I'm not sure if our state doesn't require it. I'm not sure again right. where the caller came from initially. In North Dakota, our governor has exempted houses of religious worship, but if it were to be that a bishop were required to ask us to wear masks, then it's not the state, it's also, it's the, the church is asking us. And, you know, I just feel that in obedience to my bishop, I would do it, even though I agree with you, I don't agree with the efficacy of masks, I would just do it as an act of obedience to the church. Hey, sorry, Adam. Father Gary, thanks so much. We're going to have to cut it off right there. It's a great question with a, demands a better answer, but we have to take a break, hard break, actually, at the hour. Stay with us. Real Presence Live will continue after this.